Welcome back to the show, everyone. This week, we're with uh, an old favorite, uh, Marshall, Marshall Long, uh, one of the earliest Bitcoin miners and someone who definitely knows uh, a lot about what's going on when it comes to Bitcoin mining. So um, with all the recent goings on, we thought it was a good opportunity to get him back on for, a, for his take on uh, what's been happening with this whole Michael Saylor, Elon Musk, North American miners meeting and all this stuff. Um, yeah, what's, what's your take on that? <laughs> It's interesting. So my first knee-jerk reaction, which I tweeted about violently, uh, is uh, the people that were involved in this meeting represent a very small amount of hash rate. So in the grand scheme of things, these people can't do anything, right, as far as the Bitcoin network goes. I don't care about if you're a public company or not, whatever. Um, it's just the they're talking to the small boys and... Like if you wanted to affect change within Bitcoin, you need broader consensus than that. Um, second knee-jerk response was, this feels a lot like the New York meeting, <laughs> which was a giant waste of time. Mm -hmm. And that's coming from even before then, you know, when, when I started Bitcoin Classic, unfortunately, back in the day, there was a closed door meeting at Satoshi Roundtable number two or three. And... Uh, that went very poorly too. So the moral of the story is closed door meetings don't work in open source decentralized communities. That's just how it is. Doesn't work for Linux, doesn't work for Bitcoin. It just doesn't work. So, and then I really started digging into it and I thought, okay, well, let's see, best case, you know, they, they are impactful and they put out some cool statements, but really uh, I, I think what it kind of comes down to is it, it's it's a low amount of effort, to be honest, because if you really wanted to represent North America as a whole, it would be very easy to get at least, I don't know, 80, 90 percent of North American hash rate on a phone call with just a mm. tiny bit of planning, yeah. tiny bit, like maybe a day more than they planned. Mm. Um, they could just so, ask you, like, hey, Marshall, <laughs> would you mind so i'm not people? i'm not a great person to talk to about this right i'm rough around the edges i'm not like a mm -hmm. wall street friendly dude mm -hmm. but there are people who control a large amount of hash rate uh, one guy that comes to mind is uh, mike maloney he uh, is the cfo for coinmint i think they mm -hmm. have 200 megawatts it's like a very serious operation in in uh new york and he used to work at ey so he gets the like he talks the talk for the wall street boys he mm -hmm. would have been a great addition and I can list a few other people along the same lines. Um, but if they really wanted to do this as like a Bitcoin push, then they should have gotten way more stakeholders in Bitcoin to give input. And that goes down to people who are using like, you know, stranded net gas, people that are stopping CH4 from just going into the atmosphere. Um, while that might not be Wall Street's definition of green, it's pretty green to me. Mm. Um, there was nobody like that represented. So... It, it, when I started thinking about it that way, it's like, man, this is really just virtue signaling. It's nothing else. So best case scenario, they get a bunch of people to be like, oh, okay, cool. Bitcoin's green. Worst case, they try to do some kind of co-opted attack against Bitcoin and say like, your Bitcoins aren't green. Your Bitcoins Ooh. are green, which is never going to work um, because they have such a low consensus across the entire protocol. Yeah. I, I think best case, altruistic intentions that's going to be fleeting. Uh, worst case, it's a co-opt attack um, that is 
going to be, you know, futile. And do you, um, yeah, I mean, uh, do you think it's even possible to attack Bitcoin in this way? Because the, the miners make money in Bitcoin, so they're not usually willing to enter deals and agreements that is going to drive down the price, right? Especially if it destroys, well, if it uh, disrupts the fungibility. That was what somebody on Clubhouse brought up is their concern about fungibility of mine tokens. Here's the reality of that. The fungibility of mine tokens is already not what you might think. So there's already a premium for straight up virgin coins, like straight off the Coinbase coins. You know, we sell them for 10% premium. So that, that already kind of obscures the lines of like one Bitcoin versus one Bitcoin. And in this way, um, I, I don't think... If you're a pubco, you might try to affect change and set up some kind of regulation that says, like, if you're a pubco, a certain mix, your energy mix Ooh. must be X and all this other kind of regulatory bullcrap. But, um, and that seems very likely for them to try to do, but I don't think it would, you know, hold a candle because the, the reality is most people are already using at a minimum a 50 50 mix. Uh, and at a maximum, they're using a hundred percent. So, I, I don't, I don't really buy that um, as like a plausible outcome. So, do you, do you think that? Well, obviously, I know you spoke about this as well, Andreas. About you know, Elon could have just to learn all this stuff. He could have just asked people who've been in the space for way longer. And it seems like Michael Saylor's maybe kind of trying to do a lot of his kind of own research in a weird, weird way too, and losing a lot of favor. Do you think there's a way for, I guess, both of them to kind of win back favor in the Bitcoin community after all this? Um, it's interesting. There's, there's, and I didn't know this before, but um, somebody, uh, Bruce Fenton, uh, who's a friend of, of ours, says uh, that Sailor was brought up for like some kind of SEC violation or something and like, I don't know, 2003 or something. I didn't look into it. So both of them already have like SEC mm. violations. So I don't know how well Wall Street likes them. Um, and I'm not in that world, so I don't really know. But um, it, it to get back favor from the Bitcoin people, uh, I, I think they're just doing what they do, right? They are heroes, right? And they're trying to be the hero of Bitcoin. And what I personally learned through Bitcoin Classic is Bitcoin's really good at slaying heroes, really, really good at slaying heroes. So I think over time, it'll probably just kind of like figure itself out. Um, it's really hard. To, I think Elon's probably toast forever because he's still shilling the crap out of Doge. Uh, I mean, every day they don't even have a development team. What the hell is he doing? I don't know. It's very strange. Uh, he must have a massive position. Uh, is all I can think of. And as far as really Sailor goes, so? the guy seems to have good intention. Uh, I, I, that's the only thing I can think of for, for Elon. He's just like, the things that are coming out of his mouth make zero sense unless he has yeah. a massive position. A massive position. That's the only thing I can make sense I was, of. I was, I was trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. So I was thinking, because he always has run-ins with the SEC, then a smart thing to do is to buy a lot of Bitcoin privately and for Tesla, uh, but then publicly shill Doge uh, in like a very, in like very over visible manner. Yeah, very over the top. 
but then actually don't have any doge or have like a thousand bucks. That could be an interesting play. I didn't even think of it that way, like very backwards like that. And he's a smart guy. So I think that might be a fair shake, to be honest. I, I don't know. It's just, uh, it's, it's very odd to see his reactions and Michael Saylor. I mean, he came out gunswinging. He's done a lot of good, Mm -hmm. uh, seemingly, Mm -hmm. um, and I think he's just like CEOing, right? He's trying to quarterback mm-hmm. Bitcoin, which isn't going to end well. Um, <laughs> I think he suits it better as what he came in as, is a, you know, a really loud voice of like coherent sanity. And if yeah. he sticks back to that lane, I think most people will, will be cool with it. But I think Elon's probably gone forever, to be honest. Yeah, Elon is. Um, Elon is a bit more. Uh, he's a bit more annoying, like ADHD. While Michael Saylor, I, I watched some of the content with him and he, I, I mean, you can agree or disagree with things, but he is sort of a fountain of just odd macro history and monetary policy stuff, which to Bitcoiners is very, very pleasing. That's right. Going going back to the, the sustainability thing, I guess like the source of this whole thing um what's your what's your take on that like i, I know it's so I, I i don't well i actually don't know how hard is it to actually tell how much sustainable mining is being done and what's your take on the actual landscape right now so it depends on like where you're connected right so if you're in texas connected to the grid uh i mean ERCOT publishes their mix right on their website I was looking at yesterday. I think yesterday's mix was like 51.24% renewables or something. <laughs> so um, that's very easy to do. And there are, uh, I think, maybe 10 or 15% of the networks in Texas. So right there, you can say like 10, 15% of the network is running a half-half mix. Um, the, the, one er- the one area that's like growing and very hard to quantify from like a what is green standpoint are the people doing stranded net gas and flare off gas. Because I don't know how it's classified. Um, it's probably classified as a fossil fuel, but because the source is from something that would literally have just escaped into the atmosphere or literally been burned off into a, you know, some kind of noxious gas. Uh, and I don't know if you guys have ever seen a flare-off operation. It's terrifying. It's literally a giant fireball coming out of this machine. It's crazy. And these people are basically <laughs> piping that into a clean burner and, you know, mm. spinning a turbine with it. So I don't know how those people are classified. And, and there's a lot of that in Canada. The guys in Colorado at Midstream, they're doing good work. So there's a lot of that going on and it's growing. And I don't know how they qualify that, but I personally would qualify it as you know, some kind of better for the world. And uh, it's not renewable necessarily, but it is greener than what it was used for. So, and the, and the, the reason, the reason they don't usually run a turbine is because they don't need electricity there, right? Yeah. It's, it's the only reason they even flare it off is because of an EPA regulation. Hmm. So if there was no EPA regulation, they would just kind of let it go into the atmosphere anyway. Hmm. Uh, and places that cap wells, almost all of them leak within like two years and you can go around and take the, you know, the dev- you can smell that gas literally mm. coming out of the ground in the middle of farm fields <laughs> that have been capped. It's brutal, dude. So oh, this is like a way better. Yeah. So it's sort of like you saw with the fracking where you turn on the faucet, if you light the faucet on fire, 
I like those videos. It's literally <laughs> so, it. So many gas leaks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. So it's, uh, I, I don't know how to qualify that growing vertical. Um, and, and in general, in the US, you know, a lot of people in Quebec and Alberta are using hydro. So um, I think probably North American mix right now is above 60%. So um, that's why I'm that's why I'm not super hard up on it anymore is because if they do put their heads together and they're like, oh, well, yeah, here's the stats that we have and here's the stats that we can find, although they represent a small portion of the hash rate, they're the loudest voices and it would be incredibly hard to do anything beyond here are the numbers and here's the facts. The facts are very easy to find for people who are, you know, not a brainstem, basically. Um, so hopefully some good comes out of it, but I'm not holding my breath. Well, I mean, I, I guess we'll, uh, we can leave it at that because I know you've, uh, you've got to make a move shortly, but we'll be sure to leave all the tweets that you've, uh, you put out about this below <laughs> <laughs> as well as, is, do you, do you have a clubhouse room or do you, that you've been yeah, using? There's a okay. clubhouse room. Um, and it's actually run by a minor friend of mine named Sean Austin house. Uh, it's called Hashers United on Clubhouse that you guys can check out. We do like a weekly minor rundown type thing. So, Perfect. We'll leave a link to that below uh, so everyone can go check it out. Really appreciate your, your time, Marshall. It's been good to get, uh, get an update from an actual minor. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Thanks so much, fellas. It, it's cool. interesting. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> cool. Appreciate it, man. Thank you.